Welcome to The Inner Room, a study where we review highlights on daily scriptures and focus on the instructions and examples they provide to learn mastery of our emotions, to guide us in our spiritual journey, to learn to pray, worship, and listen to God's will for our lives. Friends, I need an assistant. This week I've taught two classes at the university and midterms are coming and so I have fallen behind, so forgive me. We are reading very exciting readings in this 27th week in Ordinary Time from the book of Jonah. And Jonah is such an interesting character because it's so relatable. God will call us to do things like he called him. And we will say, I've got other things to do. I've I've got other plans. (laughs) I am engaged in other things. Can you just wait? Or like he did, as we talked about in the last episode, he goes to the furthest place he can on a ship to try to get away from the Lord. It's just such a an awesome picture. I know myself, I've done this when God has called me on great journeys. I tried to avoid as much as I could the homeschooling journey. I thought, you are calling me to something, Lord, that I am not equipped for, and I don't think that you mean it. <laughs> so I now chuckle because... Um, I have learned a little better to listen, but I still oftentimes, if it is a hard calling, I will not do it. In the chapter today, uh, for the chapter three, chapter three, we find Jonah visited a second time by the Lord, asking him to set out for the city of Nineveh and announce the message that God will tell him. He doesn't even tell him what message, but I think Everybody knew what was going on in Nineveh at that time, and he probably thought, I don't want to have anything to do with going there. Um, They're even outside of the Jewish circle. And so Jonah finally makes ready, goes to Nineveh, and follows what God is telling him. And it describes the city as so large that it would take three days to walk through it. He begins the journey through the city and hasn't gone a single day announcing what the Lord has said, 40 days more and Nineveh will be destroyed. They get 40 days and people believe him. So in what way did he speak? This is one of the things that baffles me. He goes from not wanting to do it to walking through the city and speaking in such a way that people actually believe him. And so a fast is proclaimed and everybody of all ages puts on sackcloth And even the king receives notice and follows the same path, sits in ashes, and they have a a proclamation that there's going to be a fast that includes even water. Everybody's calling loudly out to God, and everybody's turning their way away from, from violence. And so the city is spared. How could we be like Jonah, that we have such a way of of encouraging those around us in our own families and circles of friendship, in our own workplaces, that those around us are able to hear that what we're saying is heavenly. We can always use the psalm to find a way to pray. And today on verse three, we read, if you, O Lord, mark iniquities, who can stand? Recently, I've been asking the Lord to judge me and so that I can see how he sees me. 
And knowing that he has forgiven me for sins throughout life when I've repented, I have received an interesting gift. You ask the Lord and he will give you. So the gift has been to recognize that within some of the things I've done in the past that were not pleasing to the Lord, there are layers that he will show you if you ask so that you can repent at a deeper level to be more effective. I'll give you an example. A long time ago, a couple of decades ago, I studied, for example, with the Sufis. And I studied with them for a few years. And we chanted, and we did dances, and we read books that were very interesting and expanded on questions that every human being has about the purpose of life and how do we find meaning and how do we advance spiritually. And I've repented about this. And in fact, I know God has used it with some people now that I can speak in comparison to what those teachings were about our Christian faith, our Catholic faith, that there is an upbringing within me that I stopped. And an upbringing meaning I am part of a daughter of a king's family, a heavenly king's family. And I let go of all those, all those important teachings that I knew to take up another set of teachings. And what God was instructing me in my heart is, you may have led others on roads of untruth through some of the things you shared based on your intellectual desires to know. And I was grieved. I was grieved. I was first grieved saying, Father, forgive me for this layer of understanding of what my sinfulness about walking down a path that was far away from the Lord, even though I was still Catholic, I was still attending Mass, there was a part of my heart that was engaged deeply in this sort of intellectual ambition of knowing. And it's almost like intellectual adultery, you know, like you're really seeking. And I understood a layer of it that the Lord wanted me to know. I also got to know very well then this verse from Responsorial Psalm 130. Lord, how great is your mercy. You have forgiven me things I don't even I didn't even know about until now. And my repentance then can be deeper, which allows the Lord to work, work deeper in our hearts. The psalm says, Out of the depths I cry to you, O Lord. Hear my voice. Let your ears be attentive to my voice in supplication. With, your, with you is forgiveness that you may be revered. We wait in you, Lord, and in your kindness. In you there is plenty, plentiful redemption. You redeem us from all our iniquities. The story of Nineveh, that we can turn around, that we can align our hearts with God and he will forgive us, is not just an old story, friends. It's a story that happens in our life. As I just described to you in my little <sighs> request of God to judge me and how he will do it. And he will show you depths of justice and mercy and how they come together in him. The reading that goes along uh, with this one is from Luke chapter 10. And it's a favorite one about Martha 
and Mary. And I love how Luke starts the reading saying, Jesus enters a village and a woman whose name is Martha welcomes him. The beauty that we've got three brothers, Lazarus, Martha, and Mary, and they're deep friends of Jesus is such a beautiful thing. But today's reading starts just with Martha welcoming him. There's a nature in her that it is ready to serve, ready to greet, ready to include, and all of us love that. And she had a sister named Mary. So she is the second character. And we learn that she sits with the Lord at his feet and she's listening to him. There is a receptiveness about her. There's a welcoming uh, service-oriented nature about Martha. And we learn that Martha is burdened by the service. As we search the emotions in the Bible and this feeling of being overwhelmed of burden, and what do we do with it, right? Well, she comes to Jesus and says, Lord, do you not care that I am doing all this serving by myself? Don't we come to the Lord with questions like that? Lord, don't you care that I'm going through this right now? Don't you care that there is not enough money for this or that? Don't you care that I am in a fight with my best friend? Or don't you care that this person has been sick uh, before and they're sick again, right? We come to the Lord many times and we know he cares. But Martha, who is Jesus's friend and stands with him all the way until the very end, Jesus will come to this house right before he enters his passion. He will enter into the depth of this friendship to, to receive strength. And yet within it, they're the little human traits that Luke portrays in the story to give us hope. Tell her to help me, she says. You know, here's the master of the universe and he entertains our little questions, our little requests we see Jesus' exasperation because he says, Martha, Martha. Luke records that exasperation. That story must have passed from mouth to mouth until it gets recorded. And two more emotions are mentioned by our Lord. You are anxious and worried about many things. Burdening, anxiety, worry. Don't we all feel these things with the little things in our lives? And the Lord gives us the answer. There is only one thing needed. If you choose to sit at my feet and listen in the midst of your action, these will not be taken away from you. It's a lesson in learning. It's a lesson in learning, right? It's a way of teaching us how to remain in the presence of God and allowing that presence of God in our life to be the nourishing force that helps us to move through the little frictions and overwhelms and worries of our day. So let us go to the throne, friends. You say, Father, blessed are those who hear the word of God and observe it. Help us to be people who listen to your word, Father, and observe it. Teach us how to remain in your presence no matter what's happening, Father. And we ask this in the name of Jesus. Amen. Hello, this is Sofia Fonseca de Niño, and I welcome you to this inner room. You can find us on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram under the inner room, Emotions in the Bible. 
and we would love to hear your questions, your ideas, or your comments. Thank you for joining us today.